in heroes we trust the super marvel bros watched captain america the winter soldier and we're coming to you getting ready to talk about perhaps the best marvel movie ever here we go right now Welcome, everybody, to the Super Marvel Bros podcast, the podcast where me and my brother go through every single Marvel movie, TV show, pretty much if it has the content with Marvels in the cinematic universe, we're going to get to it. All right, we're getting to it. Don't you worry about that. I am your host, Sam Flowers, and joined with me, as always, is my co-host, Zach Flowers. Zach, how you doing? This movie was awesome. <laughs> it was it was so epic and uh, uh, glad to uh, see after we watched Dark World last time. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, this is definitely a really fun movie. A really like just, I mean, honestly, I think I wrote at least five times this movie is badass. Like this is without a doubt the most badass movie that we possibly could have had on here. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, me too. I think... Uh, Definitely the introduction into the MCU of the Russo brothers. Uh, and as we see them continue to grow in the MCU, this I think they just are such great directors, especially with ensemble casts, that it, they just made this movie flow so well and so easily. Oh, yeah. And we'll definitely see that um, throughout this movie. And like once we're even going through more and more, because they're going to have Civil War, which has an ensemble cast. Then we're going to have Infinity War, which is the biggest of the ensemble cast. And of course, Endgame, which is even bigger. Like they're great when it comes to this ensemble cast. And it's weird thinking that this is their small scale movie out of all of them. Like, that's so strange to think about, because this is still a lot happening, a lot going on. It changes the universe from... We thought S.H.I.E.L.D. was good, but it turns out they secretly have a Hydra, like, underground, like, people. It's, oh, a lot of craziness, a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk about it. Do you want to just jump right into it? Yeah, uh, you can start off. I just, like, I know that this movie just is pretty much nonstop epic action with awesome action sequences. So yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. So we open up with... A great line that's going to be great in the future. It's pretty good here. Captain America running past Sam Wilson saying on your left as it's the morning. Uh, Washington, D.C. is our setting and, you know, just getting ready. A nice little morning run. And we get introduced to the Falcon. Um, going to be a very important character. Very like still important in this movie, but he's definitely going to come more into play later on. And. One of my first notes that I wrote down was, man, the cinematography in this movie is already better to look at than it was in Thor The Dark World. Even though, like, I get that this is an actual real place and not a fictional CGI world that they have to create, but just the setting of Washington, D.C., I don't know what it was with that morning sunrise, just already very nice touch, very nice starting out with. 
Yeah, and I think we uh, we're watching this and talking about this movie the same week that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is about to come out on Disney Plus. So it was really nice to watch this movie and almost a ramp up to that. Yeah, but I agree. I think uh, this movie. I think since Thor: Dark World was so dark and dreary, I really liked how everything in DC sort of just has that poppy feeling. And DC is a very bright sort of city anyway, with all the yeah. uh, like white buildings and monuments and it's, uh, it's in the South. So it's like all the green lush grass. So I thought everything color wise, it was a much refreshing, much more refreshing <laughs> palette to digest than uh Thor dark world was. Yeah. But enough about dark world. We're over dark world. We got to be done to winter soldier. Yeah. Uh, did you see when Sam is talking to Cap what Captain America's list was by any chance? No, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't pay that close attention okay. to that. Well, I paused it because I thought there might be some fun little things in there. So Cap's list: I love Lucy, which you can all, which I know that doesn't come into play for Wandavision, but that the fact that Wandavision just did like their episodes about that, like thing about that. So he's got that with television, the moon landing, Berlin Wall, up and down. Steve Jobs, Apple, Pisco, which I think is like some sort of alcohol or something. I actually wasn't sure with that. P-I-S-C-O, like, I don't know what that was, but I tried looking it up. Uh, Thai food, Star Wars slash Trek, Nirvana, Band, Rocky, then Rocky 2 with a question mark next to it, which, yeah, obviously watch Rocky 2. And then the Trouble Man soundtrack, which is what Sam was suggesting to him. So little touches in there. We, what I had to wake up after that. What? Sorry, <laughs> that your list that doesn't matter for the entire movie put me to sleep. Just saying, you know, it's the little Easter eggs, little fun stuff in there. You know, I mean, Nick Fury is technically in Star Wars, so how about that? You know, who'd have thought that, that would be weird to see your boss in a movie? Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, speaking of Nick Fury, this is kind. Of, he kind of it plays a starring role, I think in this one more so than he does in the other movies like this is sort of his movie to shine i think yeah i definitely think so too like this is where we're really getting more out of him and we get a little bit more into his backdrops to know about how him and alexander pierce were way back in the day so we're definitely getting more information about nick fury which again as tony said his secrets have secrets he is the secret agent so slowly getting more information from this we then end up getting into our first action sequence on the boat. And right away, the action already feels completely different from how it was in the first movie. Like the first movie, we like it almost felt like it was kind of a normal superhero type of action sequences that we were getting. But I really think it was the sound design. Like whenever you would hear his shield hit up against someone or just someone getting like punched in the face, I really think that that put in the extra punch that made you realize like, oh my God, Cap is like going at these guys. Like he, without a doubt, does not care. He is like the man to beat and no one's going to beat him. Oh yeah, I thought it was especially, it was... This movie, obviously, it's a different, I think, sort of genre than the uh, other movies where it is still that superhero action movie, but it's also like a spy thriller sort of movie. And uh, I think just doing all that, those stunts on the boat and everything being sort of uh, stealthy inside, instead of being yeah. just a big shoot 'em up action scene where lots of noise and stuff, where this one was more subdued. I thought it was really cool how they, uh, like you said, the sound of everything 
even though it wasn't <laughs> over loud, it was real impactful. Yeah. Of the shield knocking off of stuff and uh, him sort of surprising people and taking out a whole ship basically by himself by the time everybody else lands <laughs> with their parachutes because he just dives on in <laughs> to the ocean. Uh, I also want to say this is also my favorite out of all the Captain America suits that we're going to see on screen. Uh, I just really think it's an awesome design. It's a completely different from all the other ones. Um, and I know that he wears it again in Endgame, I think in just the very beginning or something, but just wanted to throw that out there that this suit, it's awesome. So the first guy he fights, did you write down his name? Because I was reading things that he's going to be back in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So uh, I did not write that down. No, I didn't think that was going to be anything. Maybe yeah, he's, I, was... I guess he's somebody working for uh, Zemo, who I think is supposed to be the bad guy in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I guess we'll find that out. Yeah, I was doing some research. And I was like, oh, crap, he'll be back because I didn't. It was a cool fight because I think that guy's a UFC fighter. That was yeah. the guy who was playing um, the fighter that he was fighting. And I uh, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a really cool, like sort of choreographed fight, which I love choreographed fights. I think it looks a lot. I don't know, something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it looks more realistic and you feel like it feels just like more impactful. It's more fun to watch than just cgi stuff going at it like i completely agree with that and i thought it was also cool how he was like oh you're really going to use the shield and then he just like puts it to the ground and even takes his helmet off and is just like yeah i'll still beat you up like this is this is nothing for me i can still kick your ass like it's pretty crazy yeah cap uh, definitely kicks some ass in this movie uh, so yeah, we're able to immediately see how strong of a super soldier he is. And then he ends up meeting up with, uh, Nick Fury because he finds out that black widow, Natasha, she was also doing her own little secret mission within itself, within the bigger mission. He goes to confront him. And one of the lines that Nick Fury says is last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Now I'm pretty sure I haven't seen Captain Marvel in a while, but doesn't he only lose the eye because the cat scratches him? Yeah, he trusted that cat. <laughs> I know, but like in this movie, he does this and then he pulls up the eye patch later on at the end of the movie. And like, it seems so cool in the moment. But then once you kind of remember, oh, wait a second, a cat just scratched his eye out. It really kind of loses the impact a little bit. It goes well, from, it was like, a super, super alien cat. I know, but like, still, it's just the fact that it's like, oh, it seemed like he was going to be like, he wasn't a big mission and he did trust someone like with his life and it only cost him his eye. But really, he was just like trying to pet the cat and the cat just scratched his eye. And it's like, oh, well, this this isn't as cool as you're making it seem, Fury. Like, way to really Nick Fury. (laughs) Nick Fury also says what he needs to stay in the moment for it to mean whatever he wants it to mean. (laughs) He's willing to over-exaggerate his backstory just a little bit, just to help him out. Yeah, we saw in Avengers and and, uh, the first one, he's like... Colson keeps those cards in his locker, but he needed them to have the story. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I still think, yeah, maybe uh, Nick Fury, he should have been fired from all this because he's a dirty liar and a cheat. <laughs> we then also find out that apparently S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to have like a pretty much a bunch of helicarriers essentially like what the can you are you able to explain probably better than I'm doing right now what S.H.I.E.L.D.'s like plan was in the beginning? So S.H.I.E.L.D.'s big plan is to uh, sort of stop, I guess, attacks before they happen, which is an interesting sort of 
concept and a sort of uh you know problem with uh, freedom yeah. and stuff because like how captain says he's like yeah aren't you supposed to commit the crime beforehand like before like but yeah. nick fury's like no we're gonna try to stop people because it has an algorithm that they can figure out and uh pretty much take out people before they do anything bad so you could be a baby but they have a certain algorithm and they're gonna shoot you from space pretty yeah. much it's it's almost like minority report except to yeah. the extreme sort of uh but yeah, what I mean, we only find out all of that stuff like way later on in the movie. But I just wanted to make sure that that was clear for anybody who somehow hasn't seen this movie and is listening to this, which would be strange if you haven't. So, but it also comes back to sort of uh, Captain America's sort of whole struggle is a uh, not struggle, but his whole I guess arc is always he's gonna not only just take he's not just gonna take orders because he's a soldier he's gonna do what's right no matter what and he knows that this is wrong even though this is the directive from shield and stuff that yeah. he's gonna fight it he has to learn to become the captain which even towards the end they're like well i guess we're following you captain so he is the captain now exactly um late then after all of this he goes to the captain america museum which was pretty cool i would of course if that happened in real life i would expect there to be a museum exhibit about all that <laughs> Uh, he got to see his own museum exhibit. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? If I was able to time travel and if I did something cool in the future, then I would, of course, want to see what the museum is saying about me. <laughs> That's the dream right there. Yeah, he should go actually help the museum curator be like, no, no, this is wrong. <laughs> this didn't happen. <laughs> Instead, he just tells a little kid, shh, don't tell. And then the kid's don't like, I, I, I won't. <laughs> He's the, real, America. he's the real Santa from A Colbert Christmas. <laughs> Later on, he then ends up meeting up with Peggy, except now Peggy is super, super old. And well, as she should be, because <laughs> yeah. she was well, in, her, also, in her prime in the 40s. Well, also, um, Peggy's saying about how she has a family because she moved on from Cap, right? Yeah, clearly she has... Uh, she said she found a husband and stuff, so uh, it kind of throws a wrench into the whole uh, end game. When we get there, we'll get to that. But <laughs> well, the only thing, yeah, because then I wrote down this note: uh, is Cap from End Game kind of like R. Kelly's trapped in the closet and he's just hiding back there the whole time? And they might he might have been like, "All right, I know I'm going to come in later on at this point, so let's change out all of these pictures just so that well, if you think of, if you think about it with time travel rules she did have alzheimer's so maybe she doesn't remember and then cap wasn't the old cap from endgame wasn't there because he didn't want to interact with his younger self <laughs> so maybe it was cap all along and she just couldn't remember <laughs> i mean i guess that's possible like because he I mean, does get he gets old too in the end of endgame so what if it was him the whole time and it's a time loop <laughs> yeah exactly we're, we're trying to help marvel in the situation like we're not trying to argue against it we want to we're trying to make cap a good guy and not a guy that <laughs> broke up a family just for his own selfish purposes <laughs> exactly uh so all of that happens but yeah i just wanted to get even that cleared up then we get introduced to robert redford's character and alexander pierce who's essentially like not like a full-on opposite but he almost has like a different worldview and a different spin than like nick fury does sort of which is why he ends up being the big bad guy in the whole entire thing well he's hail hydra 
Yeah, exactly. Because he thinks like the people don't actually want freedom. Like, come on, we we know what's going to be best for them. Then the people the people don't know they don't want freedom. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got to give it. We got to take it away from them so that they can know that this is better. Yes. So then we get to Nick Fury driving in his car, and we get into our next big like sort of chase sequence because he's in the car like shooting at all the policemen while he's also trapped in the car and i had a lot this of- was this is one of my fa- i liked i liked this scene a lot i thought this was one of my favorite scenes of the movie where uh it's just because nick fury for up until this point he's had a little bit of action in his uh you know arc but this is like his time to shine as as a feature character and i think the car being like a sort of having a super sort of uh uh on star i guess you would go, <laughs> would be it was was really cool how he could drive itself and stuff and uh telling him the integrity of the windows and everything was really cool and then him waiting for one percent so he could shoot out at them with his awesome minigun i uh i really liked the line when he was talking to the super on, on star and he's like well what's not at five percent and yeah, it was, it was like <laughs> gas <laughs> no no it was like what's not what's not broken it's like air conditioning working fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was that was really good right there um i'm pretty sure also that that scene was filmed in Cleveland. Because yeah, the Russos do a lot of filming in Cleveland because yeah. they're from Cleveland as well. As yeah. Us. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that action sequence and there's like a couple other moments uh, here and there. I know when it's like the Winter Soldier that's in it in a scene, like it's a 50-50 chance of it being in Cleveland. But I knew this one for an absolute fact was definitely filmed in Cleveland. So that was good. And then the way Nick Fury escapes, he essentially pulls out a little tiny lightsaber and just gets a hole in the ground. Yes, he mace windows his way out of there. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, he shows up in Captain America's apartment and essentially tells him, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been compromised. Don't trust anyone. You're the only person that actually knows about this. And then gets shot by none other than the Winter Soldier himself. Yes, we finally get the Winter Soldier to come into the Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that chase scene was kind of cool, um, where he's chasing him down and pretty much jumping around on buildings. Oh my goodness! I, I, I don't know how I forgot about the moment when the Winter Soldier catches the shield, but when it yeah. happened, I like jumped out of my seat and I was like, "Yo!" That's like trailer I moment. <laughs> I know exactly. It's like, how did I forget about that? That's so awesome. He like catches it so perfectly, I, and like I, he just throws it back to Cap. I mean. I don't know why the Winter Soldier wouldn't have just been like, hey, I'm going to keep this shield now. Thanks so much. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. Badass moment right there. There's just, there's so much badassery to this movie. (laughs) It's just too much to handle at times. This, there's so much ass being so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So chases him down. And then Nick Fury, he's in the hospital. And we even find out that Natasha sort of knows about the Winter Soldier too and is like, don't worry about it. It's a ghost story. Like, don't chase after him. Like, there's definitely more important things that we have to do. And sometime around here, I even kind of wrote down, this is the first Marvel movie that feels like it's more for adults than it does kids almost. And like, there was, there was so much going on and so much uh, like deception and intrigue that even though it was like 
uh, uh, what was it? Probably PG 13 rating. I don't even look yeah. anymore <laughs> ratings because I don't care. But <laughs> PG 13 like, rating, it, it like the concepts I feel like were so much more mature than just like, oh, here's the bad guy and here's yeah. the good guy. <laughs> it was a lot like of deception and political intrigue. <laughs> Like, is freedom actually free? Like, all, like, a bunch of gray areas. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I mean... Yeah, some high concepts. I, I was 16 years old when the movie came out, so I wouldn't say I was at that kid brain-dead level of, here's the bad guy, like you were saying. Um, But, like, I mean, I still think the kids are just going to see the action sequences and remember that, but they probably don't know what's going on in the plot entirely. I think just- this, is, this is one that uh, I think probably helped the MCU grow into that older audience a little more of when because all obviously the kids are like take us to the movie and stuff (laughs) and then the parents see this and like huh this is actually a pretty good movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly i mean hey that's that's what you have to do with movie franchises you have to mature with the audiences i mean that's what harry potter did that's kind of what fast and furious sort of does you got to mature with the audience yeah fast and furious is not a mature (laughs) (laughs) well mature in the fact that they care less and less and they just do it all for the fans they know they're not getting anyone new at this point they just want to have the fans have a fun time so So the opposite of maturity (laughs) (laughs) you might be right is that coming out is that summer now yeah supposedly june me and harrison uh getting off topic (laughs) we then get into after Robin. i want to know (laughs) (laughs) well just me and harrison are gonna go see the movie like that's one of that's another reason why i have to go down to charlotte but like i i still still want to go from cleveland to charlotte to go see a movie (laughs) i mean I would go, I still am going to go down there regardless, but like we keep on saying we got to get this together so that we can see this movie together because we rewatched all of the Fast and Furious movies like sometime over the, like I think in January or something. So we're like, yeah, we got to see Fast 9 together. So Robert (laughs) Redford is now essentially trying to get in cap's head and is just like what are you talking about nick fury he's the real bad guy and cap's just like not buying into any of it he goes into the elevator another great action sequence right here is when he's in the elevator and he's up against like what a dozen guys like yeah we get a good meme scene yeah anybody want to get out yeah that was he he can cap can tell something's definitely up in that elevator and uh it's about to go down i thought him ripping off the uh super magnet was pretty cool because that's supposed to just stop him right there but he's obviously a super soldier so he doesn't give a crap about magnets yeah and he just like takes them all down one by one and then at the very end just like steps on his shield and magnets itself up to his wrist oh so good and then of course as he's even trying to escape just like oh thank god it's a glass elevator bursts out of there like there's just again i mean I know I'm repeating myself, but the action sequences are just like so good. And they're like, there's, they're the most fun thing to talk about in this entire movie. So yeah, then he, I thought it was awesome when he was a motorcycle jumped onto it, (laughs) onto one of the, uh, one of the plane thing. I forget the name off the top of my head. Um, onto that hits it with it hits it with his shield like just in midair like it's nothing like even if you were a super soldier like the ability he's basically can fly without flying (laughs) because he controls his body so well in the air yeah 
And it's like, if this, if any regular person somehow was able to do that, you know, that's all they would talk about to them. They'd be like, all right, movie over right here. I can live with the rest of my life. Cause I just did that somehow. But Captain America's just like, no, I got to keep moving forward. Got to keep this going. So yeah, then, yeah, like when he goes to find Sam Wilson, you'd be like, oh, by the way, I just took <laughs> took down a plane off a motorcycle. <laughs> Pretty badass. <laughs> Not to brag, but uh, have you done that? So then he ends up meeting with Black Widow and they go into a mall and they got to be undercover because they need to know what's on the little jump drive stuff. And they end up finding out that it's a location at uh, one of the past military bases that they used to have. Before before we talk about that, how did you feel about his plan of just putting the super high information oh. <laughs> in the vending machine? <laughs> I, I wrote down, I guess he knows nobody's going to want Hubba Bubba because that's the gum that was in front of it. Because he's like, what's, what's the worst thing in this machine? Hubba Bubba gum? Yeah, no one's buying that. I think I can make this safe. Cheese is always there for you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I think I think their chemistry too in this, like I thought it was really good, even though Cap like it goes back to your always your Captain America question of is he a virgin and stuff because <laughs> he uh when he after he, they kiss and so she's like is that the first kiss you've had since the yeah. 40s you can oh, you can practice <laughs> yeah practice on his hand you can de- <laughs> you can definitely tell that Cap and Black Widow have definitely become closer as friends because they're doing more secret agent stuff together and Black Widow is constantly being like come on Cap go out with this chick she's super hot all right what is it that you're like not willing to do and he's like I'm too busy so clearly I mean (laughs) he's like Stu he's like but both of our schedules is so busy (laughs) maybe maybe yeah he's uh, trying to pull Stewie Griffin's uh, (laughs) excuses all the time because he's just like yeah I don't want to go out I mean he does ask out um the one chick that's like his neighbor agent 13 he does kind of ask her out <laughs> peggy's knee, like great niece exactly he hey, just keeps he, it in the car he keeps it in the carter family <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it. something about you <laughs> it seems so familiar <laughs> tonight <laughs> you <laughs> so yeah he asks her out gets somewhat rejected because you know she's like looking after him so is just like yeah i'll be friends but i don't want to be that close of friends with cap friendsly exactly but yeah again i think to me this is the movie that my friends always do try to make that argument of like oh what are you talking about he was super interested in uh that agent 13 peggy's great niece and it's like yeah but they never really got together they were just like neighbors they were never like a thing they were never a couple unless that happens way off screen and all this is just awkward conversations or something but None of that yeah. happened. Like, clearly, he just hasn't been with a woman. He's a virgin. He has his virgin powers. <laughs> Honestly, I think if they didn't, like, have it be such a strong connection uh, with him and Peggy, it like, the Captain America and Black Widow makes more sense, like, as just, like, from a, like, a storytelling and, uh, like, they're sort of, like, so opposites where he she's always lying and he's always telling the truth and stuff like those sort of opposite sort of characters i think think 
I think it would have played a lot better overall if it would have been them. But then obviously he's with Peggy the whole time until end game. And then they shoehorn in some sort of romance between Black and, Widow and Hulk. And we will definitely get to that. But I will make the argument that I think if these movies were put in the hands of, I don't know, worse writers, they would have tried to make a love triangle between Black Widow, Cap, and Hawkeye. Because they they sort of like hinted well Hawkeye that, has a whole family already we, we don't know about, we don't know about that till uh, Age of Ultron we don't know about that till Age of Ultron so they can always like write that part of the movie in or out but Maybe that's what they should have made Civil War about is everybody's just trying to get with Black Widow <laughs> and everybody's pissed <laughs> off <laughs> everybody all just the wants meat, to get all, laid. They're, all, they're all they're all they're all alpha meatheads just trying to get with the same and they just get all roid rated roid raged out on each other and have civil war <laughs> again in the hands of worse writers i definitely agree that's what they're gonna, that's what they would have done maybe that'll be in one of the uh what ifs on disney plus <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh can't wait <laughs> Uh, they see, uh, was it Zol? <laughs> was his name is Zoloft? I, I wrote down Zola, so it's Zola. either Zola or Zoloft. Zola, Zoloft, a hint Zola. to Disney's frozen Olaf. Zola, no, Zoloft is de like depression medication. <laughs> oh, I don't even think I knew that. <laughs> I think it's that little bounce, sad bouncing ball. <laughs> Zola is now a computer. He put his mind into a computer, kind of like Johnny Depp. He put his in brain Shane in the Sundance. robot, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And essentially just tells Cap and Black Widow right there, like, hey, Hydra's been, you know, there from the very beginning in Shield because Shield stupidly took me in. So of course I was gonna corrupt them. Yeah, he does the classic bad guy thing of tell them all the information they didn't know. And if he didn't tell them, they wouldn't know <laughs> while giving them an opportunity to escape an easily escapable trap. <laughs> yeah, it's like how it's Dr. Evil 101. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about that sort of little twist that it was Zola who's now a computer? Because I remember when I first saw that, I was like, wait, what? I didn't see that coming at all. Um, I mean, I didn't see it coming necessarily, but when it happened, I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, cause he was around in the forties. He turned his, uh, he turned his brain into a, uh, super computer with like eighties technology. <laughs> he was running on about like 45 computers, but it's, somehow, it's like... <laughs> somehow he was still able to know about jump drives like even though all the other technology was old except for the thing that they plugged in it's like so, he kind I don't of know. it was cool it's like he pulled a reverse westworld almost he put his brain in the robot and wanted to be the machine or something like that um yeah, he knows that that's the only way to immortality is to put his brain in the machine I uh, I also liked the moment when Cap punches the computer and then <laughs> Zola just appears on another computer screen and is like, yeah, doing that's not going to do anything, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm a metaphysical being. I'm not <laughs> punching this computer. It's going to do anything to me. <laughs> I'm still here. Like, I'll just move myself through Transcendent body. <laughs> Transcendence starring Johnny Depp. Uh, so then... We get to, he. let's see, he punches the computer, the whole entire place, it just explodes, and now they're on the run, and 
we see that the Winter Soldier is working with Alexander Pierce. And I thought that this was on purpose, that you could still see that it was Bucky, even though there was like a shadow over his face. But like you were still kind of able to see, like you could see the eyes, but that didn't feel like the lighting was dark enough to where you couldn't see the rest of it. But I don't know. His hair was completely different. Obviously, we know at this point from doing the rewatch that it it like obviously was Bucky, but I still think it's different enough uh, with his hair being longer, even though they do kind of just set up Cap, like remembering all the old times and stuff with Bucky and how he like regrets that. I still think it was a they hit it well enough until that final actual reveal where he's like, Bucky. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I agree with that. I just think like, I think now that you know, you're saying that now because you already know, you're like, wait, that was kind of stupid, but you didn't know before the first time back 10 years ago. Yeah. It's like, you're kind of looking at it and you're like, wait a second, could that be him? Like, I'm not entirely sure, but like now you can fully see that it's in. Um, yeah, and if if that may if Consuela would have just not forgot her phone, she'd still be alive. <laughs> I wrote that down too. I was like, "Way to go, Consuela!" <laughs> then when you know Pierce is a bad, even though he's talking with the Winter Soldier, you get that he's bad. But <laughs> he's just, just to like, emphasize that he's like, "Well, I guess I got to kill you now." <laughs> yeah, but like usually, like uh, the Winter Soldier's attacks are like you know perfectly. <laughs> like sort of orchestrated so you can't tell like it was actually a murder like how they gonna get away with just killing a housekeeper <laughs> like, Who has a, i think she has a family i think yeah she has a family she's just not gonna come home and they're gonna be like well she was there last i guess they <laughs> i guess hydra is probably in the police department too as so they'd be like no no she just probably uh gotten it hydra is everywhere hail hydra they're everywhere hail hydra <laughs> that's our new warm-up <laughs> we then find out that uh sam wilson is gonna officially be the falcon and he is in he is in on the plan to be with black widow and captain america and join their mini avenger squad and help take down shield aka hydra obviously with uh sam wilson it's what's inside him is the most important part but um i thought it was a uh one of those like sort of ways where they write out like the writers make it so it's like all right yeah nobody else could be falcon because oh yeah there's only one of these left and it's at a secure base yeah oh (laughs) it's like it's technically a piece of technology they could just anybody can make so there could be like a whole fleet Uh, of falcons do they have the patent for it <laughs> I don't know. My point exactly, Zach. That's why he's the Falcon. <laughs> yeah. And then they didn't even show them like breaking it out or like anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's in this secure base. They're like, yeah, we can get it. And then we know they're going to get it. And yeah. I guess it's already a two hour movie. So they didn't need to show it, but it was the movie was didn't seem like it was that long so they could have shown it it would have been more bad they needed they needed time for the 45 minute long third act of just action nonstop. all right we didn't have time for another break in scene we did a lot of other stuff beforehand yeah i guess if i would have been one more thing i guess my brain would have just full-on exploded (laughs) exactly and you can't have that can you We then uh, see Gary Shandling is back, you know, and he's in. He's secretly part of Hydra right there. And you know who else is back, Zach? Well, I guess he was back earlier in the film, but, you know, I'm bringing it up anyways. James Franklin, he is back. Yes. 
He's back and uh, <laughs> better than ever. I uh, I wrote down when essentially Sam is like threatening him and there's a little laser pointer to his chest. I wish, I mean, it would probably be an overdone joke if more movies and TV shows did this, but I wish whenever they would have a laser pointer, then they would just show somebody with just a normal ballpoint laser pointer instead of a gun with a laser pointer on it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's just it's such an easy joke to do. I wish more shows and movies would do it, even though it would be stupid and it wouldn't make any sense and not needed. I just wish more would do that. Yeah, they have just like Captain America off in the distance with a little laser pointer. Exactly. Like, how funny would that be? I can't remember what show did it, but I know I've seen it in one show. I wish more would do that. Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't need the cool break into the military base scene. <laughs> hey, but they need to show, they need to show somebody <laughs> pointing a pen laser pointer at somebody's chest. That's what was missing hey, from this movie. Hey, my, my idea is like at most five seconds worth of a shot. Yours is a whole sequence. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It's all stupid, but still, you know, it is what it is. So they're in. I don't know. Maybe this is what the this is what, how, why the Russo brothers work well as uh, team directors because probably one of them has a really really good idea, but it just might not have enough time, and one of them has a really really stupid idea <laughs> that the other one says, "Yeah, we're not going to do that either because we couldn't do my cool idea." <laughs> <laughs> it's a give and take, you know. That's how that's how it works. <laughs> Uh, so they're interrogating. Where James, were we? <laughs> they're, they're interrogating James Franklin. They throw him over the edge of the building. Falcon catches him. They get into a car and they're just like, "Listen, what's going to be the plan here? What is Hydra's secret plan?" And he's just like, "Yeah, they're going to go after everybody." Kind of like how you were saying way earlier um, in this episode, they're going to just to attack everybody, even if they're little babies, because they know they're going to be like criminals way further on into the future. At one point. We was saying, they're like, oh, who exactly is this going to target? And he's just like naming out James Franklin. He's naming out just like a bunch of random people. One of the names he dropped was Stephen Strange, which Dr. Strange doesn't happen yet. And he still has that name just out there, which... But their algorithm knew. (laughs) I guess their algorithm, yeah. It knew that Dr. Strange was going to happen in a few years and was going to become a superhero. But... It just seems like it's such a it's like such a huge name drop that they're just like bringing in on there, which I'm sure that character was just like thinking up random names. I don't think he actually knew who that Doctor Strange was, but still, just a little name drop right there. For yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. Because it, because because Kevin Feige and Marvel never have a plan for anything. <laughs> no, ever. well, I'm not saying they ne- like for sure. This movie was definitely announced and probably in production by the time this was released. I'm just saying, like the character within the world itself. Like I don't know if he did actually know if Stephen Strange was going to be Doctor. Strange or if he was just like randomly dropping names down because that's sort of what he was doing throughout the whole thing when he was like well at this point he was just a high high class surgeon yeah well still could have been anybody I guess so then we get to another action scene where they're going up and we get the Cap versus Bucky aka Winter Soldier fight sequence and their whole hand to hand combat 
He's got the shield. He's got the knife. They're going at it. I mean, to me, this was probably my favorite actual action scene in the whole movie because of just like they were old friends. They're coming back together. They're fighting it out. Cap doesn't know it yet. Bucky doesn't even actually know it yet. So, and they're just like going at each other. And I just thought, as you even said earlier with the first fight, like the choreography, I thought it was done just so well in the camera movements and the editing. Like it was just such a fantastically well-executed action sequence to watch that I really enjoyed that a lot. And that was probably my favorite moment of the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, the obviously the reveal scene is like that's the big epic like part of the movie that you're waiting yeah. for. But this whole the whole fight leading up to that, like you said, I really appreciate actual like the actors actually whether it's them or their stunt doubles i appreciate people doing things (laughs) you don't like seeing animation you like seeing real people i don't have a problem with animation to fill in like gaps and stuff where like something's straight up impossible yeah but just like i we talked a little bit about the fast and furious movies uh earlier a lot of their stuff they still use like they try to make the stunts even though they're ridiculous at this point now but they try to make the stunts as practical as possible but then push it that extra bit that's where they use the animation you can always tell what's the actual stunts versus what's the animated stunts. yeah without a doubt um so yeah we get that bucky reveal coming in and then they're captured by hydra and who comes into the rescue Robin Sherbatsky, a.k.a. Maria Hill. And she comes in, helps break them out, uses what I'm guessing is like the same lightsaber that Nick Fury used to just drill a hole in the back of the truck, essentially. Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. has lightsabers. Yeah, that's canon. Um, (laughs) Comes into the rescue. And then also, I don't know if you know this, but it was Joe Russo who cameoed as the doctor yeah, I did. There. And I'm assuming that it's he's the same guy that was in uh, Endgame. Yeah, I'm I'm positive it probably is. I don't think this is a uh, uh, Stan Lee moment where he's just a bunch of random people. I'm sure it is probably like the same character. I'm sure if we looked up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki, he has his own full wiki page with two appearances. <laughs> but this, that. Uh, this t- sort of takes us to our speaking of stanley it sort of takes us to our stanley moment when uh cap needs a suit to go to the final battle scene and uh he steals the one from the museum <laughs> and uh stanley is uh the security guard there and when he sees it stolen he knows he's gonna get so <laughs> fired <laughs> yeah i really liked this cameo a lot this was this was a fun cameo they're they're getting re- i think this is around the time where they're just like getting really really fun with the cameos now and they're just again they're gonna make it very obvious for the fans and now they're just gonna make it always like the laugh line of the movie if they can I also, yeah. when they were taking the suit, I also liked how the shield that was there on the uh, dummy, it was like over the private parts because the dummy was naked. <laughs> I thought that was a funny little touch that Cap essentially was doing. And so just like, oh, you know what? Let's lower the shield down and put it right in front of his junk that's not even there. Perfect censorship. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Captain's a prude. He doesn't want anybody to see the dummy. I, I know. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly in line with his character. Like, I liked that. <laughs> so now we get to infiltration time as 
their whole entire plan is just, listen, we're going to take down three helicarriers, essentially, and just do a bunch of other stuff and hope for the best. That's Yeah, the they, got, they got, what, four, five people. They're going to take down three high-tech high military helicarriers with, with a, inside an organization where about 50% of the people are corrupt. It's go time. <laughs> and they get it done. And you know what? We get another cameo from uh, uh, Abed from Community. Oh, yeah. What's the actor's name? Uh, Danny Pudi. Yes, that's what it Well, is. yeah, because the Russos, the Russos directed a lot of episodes of Community, so they were tight with all the community people, and you see a lot of community cameos in their films. Yeah, I know. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Helen from Drake and Josh also, and... Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting her name from Community. Uh, the point is, <laughs> that actress, she appears later on too. And uh, Nicole, like Yvette Nicole Brown or yeah. something? Or yeah, yeah, Nicole, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then uh, you also have an endgame, uh, Senior Chang. <laughs> yes, Senior Chang appears. So we're going to get those fun little cameos. But I don't know. I, I think that it actually is Abed because it would make sense. Like, let's say he graduated <laughs> college. He's just in a tech job at S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, sort of. Like, it would have been when Captain America, if it, they could have sealed it so hard if when Captain America, they come in, he, he sees this Captain America, he's just like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> like, that's actually Abed. <laughs> yeah, they could have. Oh, well. Well, you know, maybe it is Abed again. All this could be happening. We don't. Know. I'm saying it's Abed. I'm All saying right. that community takes place inside the MCU. <laughs> I mean, we know that Arrested Development takes place within the MCU, but we'll get to that when Infinity War comes out. We'll get it around. <laughs> Well, they also they also directed and the episodes of that too. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, <laughs> but we know for a fact. Look, we'll get to that once Infinity. It's War the Russo verse. We're just living in it. It's it's a little tease for the audience. A little tease. <laughs> getting ready. Come coming up, Infinity War. Uh so yeah. Then we get to that. Um, I like the little moment how Black Widow was disguised as one of the head people from Shield. And yeah, that was you know, a really cool disguise, you know, of just complete facial <laughs> mesh. <laughs> her face off. I also like Cap's speech where he's just like talking, like everybody's looking oh. around and talking about stuff. And the uh, <laughs> it's not even a cameo, it's just because this guy hasn't done anything else. But he was the young Austin Powers in Gold Member, is <laughs> 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 the computer guy. <laughs> <laughs> we need to we need to keep seeing how many more cameos especially from obscure characters there are <laughs> that wasn't that one wasn't meant to be a cameo it's the only one that like we would know <laughs> exactly let's just see how obscure we can get with some of these uh just small actors that are in these movies yes um yeah i also really like the speech and even uh sam wilson is just like did you write that or did you come up with that on the spot because it was like that perfect and of course, yeah. the music, it builds up uh, in the background, really gets you amped up for what's about to come up. And you know what? It comes in perfectly and we get our big battle. Yes, the big battle. The big <laughs> battle. <laughs> no, oh, a- uh, yeah, no, the, the big battle scene um, where they're pretty much just jumping around and Cap's just jumping around from helicarrier to helicarrier. Yeah. It was so freaking just intense and epic. Yeah, 
I didn't even really write too many notes here because it is just like essentially one big action scene throughout this entire last 45 minutes of him just going from helicarrier, helicarrier, doing all that. You can't take your eyes off the screen to go write something down because there's just so much happening. I mean, exactly. Yeah. He, and then he ends up fighting with Bucky again, this time, like he's actually sure. And he's just like, listen, I don't want to hurt you. Like I want to help you out, dude. There's something going on. I can help you. And that right there, that's going to end up propelling what's going to happen in civil war. So this is all getting the self ready for that too. And I thought it was um, kind of an interesting parallel from the first Captain America movie where he always seems to be on a big ass evil ship that's going down in the final scene. (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of his thing is where he's on a big uh, aircraft that is about to plummet to earth and he's got to be on it. So pretty much everything happens. uh, And then Captain America, he's in the water. He's, it seems like he's going to drown, possibly die. And then of course, Bucky, he decides to save him, pulls him up on shore, runs away. And we get our little epilogue there where we even then find out that Nick Fury has faked his death which is going to be pretty uh, big coming up for the future too. And I liked how his quote on his tombstone was the path of the righteous man, which was of course an obvious nod to how his character in Pulp Fiction, like we always say that. So that was nice right there. Yeah. A little bit of uh, a little fun for the fans. Yeah, exactly. Get those, uh, get those movie references in all you can. And yeah, then it turns out that everything is tying itself up nicely for Civil War. Uh, Natasha's just like, listen, you might not want to chase after this. You might not like what you're going to see. And you know what? It's all it's all getting itself ready for Civil War. And honestly, I'm so excited for that now, too. Like, and that's going to come up in about three movies or something. Yeah. So. And I love I love uh, their interaction with Captain Sam uh, right before uh, like the end where he's like, you know, you have to follow me on this. He's like, yeah, I know. When do we start? <laughs> I was just like, yes, when do we start? Let's go. I, I, uh, I almost, I was even, if I had more time to just watch these movies, I probably would have just been like, okay, I got to watch Civil War next. Like I can't even get to Guardians, which I love, or Avengers 2. Like I just got to go right into Civil War. Like I got to go back, Peter. Like I got to get back in there. Yeah, I got to get back in there. That's sort of how, how I feel too. Um, like, I'm glad like we got through, we got through what we got through <laughs> and now we're here where this can, we can just start cranking these out because these movies get just so good. It's there. It, the, once the Russos are introduced, it changes the whole game. Exactly. Um, really quickly, we got to get into our post credit scene. Also the yep. first one being that it introduces us to a very young Scarlet Witch and a very young Quicksilver, like freshly got their powers from the experiments. So of course, two major characters that are gonna be coming up in the future, that's gonna be something right there. And then we also get the other post-credits scene of Bucky seeing his memorial in the museum and just being like, what? And that would be pretty crazy to read about yourself dying. Yeah, and it turns out like he's been alive this whole time because of all the experimenting that the Germans did on him. So, yeah. Overall, 
as I've been saying it this entire podcast, but I want to just say it one more time. This movie's just so badass. It's really hard to hate on. Like, it's just so much fun to watch. And I even think this is a movie that you really don't need any of the past other movies to really understand. Because, like, you can make an argument, oh, maybe you should get... Uh, his and Bucky's relationship from the first movie to really come in but like they still do a good job of like having little tiny flashbacks show in and you still understand that like yeah this is his friend from the past and they say he survived because of the experiments and they even show all that so I don't even think you need any of the other movies from the past to really understand and enjoy this and this is one you could definitely enjoy on your own I think what they do a good job with this movie is that you can enjoy it on your on its own and if you just it's a standalone movie it's freaking awesome but you get uh it really rewards it really rewards the people that did see the previous ones um i think that you understand that relationship between them so much more so while you don't need to yeah they do like show you little clips of bucky and cap's relationship i think seeing that first one and really understanding and like having him be dead to like in in your mind he's dead already so then when he comes back i think you get that much bigger reward um but like i said still great flick yeah without a doubt um should captain marvel have been called in you know what maybe even though they, the five of them were able to get the job done of taking down everything, I still think they could have been, like, they should have at least considered the idea of, like, wait, I have a friend that I can page, and she's going to help us out, and this job is going to take us, like, I don't know, so much quicker. Like, I'd like I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes as well, because considering that it's Nick Fury is the one with the beeper to call her and he knows that shield's been compromised. So really who else does he have to reach out to? That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you really should like the discussion should have at least come up off camera. Obviously I'm assuming because nobody (laughs) knew captain Marvel was going to give him a pager when they made this, but I'd like to think that off camera, they're just like, now, wait a second. Should I call up this one chick that I know that I can definitely trust and she's going to help us out a lot? And then they're probably like, mm, nah, we got this. And I mean, they got it, but they could have used the help still. So, you know. They're like, yeah, she could probably fly right through these three helicarriers in about 10 seconds, but we definitely want to have a 45-minute action <laughs> sequence. <laughs> we want to have some fun with this ending. We don't want to just like, you know, make a cheat code for the audience. So, you know, there's that are there any new marvel characters that get introduced in this definitely one? in this one uh we obviously get falcon uh introduced in this one um technically because he becomes a good guy the winter soldier is introduced is in this one even yes. though he's already been introduced as bucky um, i think like this is a more true introduction though almost you could say yeah into his him actually being a super soldier it's an introduction because before he's just a regular guy yeah um we already had uh natasha being black widow but she plays obviously a pretty prominent role in this one uh Uh, turns into an action star agent 13 because yeah agent 13 she's she's gonna gonna be back she's gonna be back um apparently that one other guy that we were saying earlier that's a pro wrestler or whatever is a UFC, UFC UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, he'll be back apparently. That's what I was reading at least. Uh, so he's important. Um, 
And then uh, I guess Pierce is dead, even though he played a prominent role uh, in in Shield slash uh, <laughs> Hydra. So I want to quickly also give the numbers for this one. The budget yeah. of this movie was 170 to 177 million. Do you want to guess what the box office is? Oof. Let's think. Um, give me a nice. Uh, well, better than that. Give me a nice seven fifty, seven fifty mil, seven fourteen point four. So oh, you were, you were close. You were close. You were close on that. You were much. Give closer me them on DVD that. sales. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So this is without a doubt huge, huge bona fide hit. This is almost definitely what they were like more than what they were expecting, especially because the first Captain America movie didn't do like fantastically well. But like this also did way better than Thor the Dark World. And it did like obviously not Iron Man 3 level numbers, but it just like definitely got their expectations and exceeded them. And it was like, oh, yeah, these Russos, they clearly know what they're doing. Let's get them back for Civil War, because once they got this, then we know that they got this. So, oh, yeah. And boy, did they ever got this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So and then um, are you watching it on TV? If it's on TV, I'm saying yes. I'm yeah, I'm without a doubt going to minimum see what scene it's at and just be like, OK, I'm watching this. I got 30 minutes to kill. I might as well put this on. I can make this work. This is going to be awesome. Oh, another action scene's coming up. Well, now I got to watch this because it's going to be so much fun. So because there's so much there's so much action in this <laughs> non stop action and even the exposition is intense because it's like that thriller sort of movie where even when there's not action at least the the conversations are important yeah. and captivating yeah exactly so we got next guardians of the galaxy oh another another great one <laughs> i think this one uh this this one i think coming up with guardians i would say Definitely way more comedic than Captain America Winter Soldier, um, but not in a bad way. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy, I can tend to make an argument that that might be my favorite movie out of all of this. And I mean, even after just watching the Winter Soldier, which I think now might be number one in my rankings, possibly like I I mean, my expectations for Guardians of the Galaxy holding up are pretty high. And I feel like they're definitely going to they're probably going to stay there. So I'm very excited for this gonna have a lot more fun with this because again they're more comedic they're just they're just so much they're fun characters they're nothing but fun lovable characters so so far i think yeah this i think i would put this one for what we watched so far i would say this one then avengers yeah and then for me and you it's different because i i go iron man (laughs) three you go iron man one and then we have those flip-flopped yeah i uh i i just know I mean, yeah, this and Avengers, they're definitely number one, number two. I think mainly because I just saw Winter Soldier. I have that at number one, but you know what? We're going to let this keep going. I'll keep it at number one. Now I can't wait for Guardians, which will probably be my new number one. So, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, a bunch of people, a bunch of superheroes from an obscure comic book that nobody knew about that Marvel turned into a freaking hit. So, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> Good night, everybody.
If you would like more of the Super Marvel Bros podcast, please do not forget to hit subscribe right there on Spotify and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Super Marvel Bros Pod. Thank you very much for listening.